as we began this Lenten journey last Wednesday, there are three things that we are to be mindful as a source of renewal for our spiritual life in preparation for the, the great event, which is the, the suffering, dying, and rising of Christ. The three things that we're asked to do is one is be renewed in prayer, be renewed in fasting, and be renewed in almsgiving, which is works of mercy. The emphasis on prayer is, is number one, is the most important because prayer develops within us a deeper relationship with God. Prayer is a means by which we stay in communion with God. We do develop within our hearts this type of tender relationship whereby we hear and listen to his word. We are molded in becoming like his son. So prayer is being very, is very, very important. And today there's two dimensions of this prayer, one in the Old Testament, which speaks of the grace that is given to us, the word of grace that comes to us and be, is, is effective. And the other one is the, the prayer that Jesus taught, teaches us in, in, uh, as when, when the disciples ask him to help him, to help them to know how to pray. So in the first place from the Isaiah, when we read the word, says that God's grace, God's love, God's word is dynamic, is able to accomplish things. Just it gives the comparison of God's word like rain, like snow coming down from heaven. It comes down and it's not just becomes down here, but it nourishes the plants, nourishes life, ultimately gives us as well. You know, the very means by which we are sustained because we know without water, we cannot live, no plant, no living creature can live without water. So that comparison in Isaiah of water, whether it's in the form of a, of a rain or even snow, the, 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 the imagery that Isaiah gives us is, is, is life-giving. So the word of God comes to us, produces an effect, sustains all, all living creatures in existence, sustains us. And so what we have here is, is the incredible gift that God gives us. And, and the Lord speaks to us through Isaiah, that so is my word, so is my grace, so is my gifts to you. When I give to you, it produces an effect, but no longer just a phys physical, you know, in this in a material way, but it produces an effect within our hearts. It transforms our hearts, it's life-giving. So therefore it nourishes us. Eventually, as you know, the early Christians would speak of God's word as that the power by which we are transformed, sanctified, divinized, because it is grace. You know, the early um, 20th century, especially with the renewal in a Protestant community, Protestant brothers, the emphasis was on the dynamic word of God that people just do not mechanically read it just say these are the words. No, it is something that God gives to us for transformation. It transforms us. It makes us aware who we are. It makes us aware of what God does for us because that word is dynamic word is, is given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is what we have in the first, first book from the prophet Isaiah. 
we are to be mindful of God's word, the grace, the power, the love that he gives is dynamic. But second aspect today is something that we know so well. Every one of us has prayed the Our Father, Our Father prayer, the Lord's prayer. Every Christian knows, doesn't matter what denomination they are, everyone knows that prayer, the Lord's prayer. And, and, and it is interesting how, how the disciples who are looking at Jesus, because they saw him, how he prayed. They watched him. They saw, they were aware of his, of his prayer. They must have said there's something special about that prayer because, you know, they were Jewish. They were men and women who knew how to pray. The Jewish traditions were very clear on, on how to pray, you know, how to invoke God, how to bless him. And yet they look at Jesus and they see something special about him. And so they ask him, Lord, we've noticed that, that in the way you pray is something special. And so they say, they ask him, he said, Lord, teach us to pray, teach us to pray. And so we hear the beautiful words that he says, when in praying, first of all, don't multiply words. That means, you know, don't babble, you know, because the more you say, it seems to be, you know, for many people say, well, it probably is more effective. No, the question is not the effectiveness. No, it has to do with relationship. And, and that prayer that Jesus teaches us is like a summary of all the Bible, all, the, all that which, which the Lord also gave us, you know, through his preaching and teaching, through his preaching, because it speaks about not something that we do mechanically, but it's something that we speak to from the heart. And so how do we pray? What do you say? What do you say when you pray? And the Lord says, well, uh, when you pray, say, our Father. Even in those two words, even when we rattle off sometimes quickly the Our Father prayer, our Father, our is very, very important because it speaks of a relationship, of a close relationship of, to, to someone whom we call Father. It is our, it, it, it's not my Father. Jesus spoke the words my Father because we know of the re unique relationship between Jesus and the Father because God in his divinity, the God the Father who uh, bestows and extends life, divine life to his son. It begets his son, as we, as we read in scripture, as we speak in the creed. And we have this life that God gives us, us. So it's not my father, as Jesus says, we say our father, because we are all creatures. We all are creatures. We have been formed by God. We have been brought into existence by God. And so our father is by, because we're being adopted by the son. We have been received the adoption. So we can say with that, with that con uh, firm uh, conviction and belief that the Lord Jesus, who introduces us to the father, he introduces us to the father who, to whom he is the father, but he is also to us because he created us. He has adopted us to be his children, to be his extraordinary, extraordinary men and women, you know, brothers and sisters, uh, uh, you know, the sons and daughters of God. So first, 
the Lord teaches us this fundamental Christian prayer of our Father and allows us to enter into a relationship with God the Father. You know, um, sometimes we, again, we say very quickly so we don't, we're not fully aware. But what, what happens to us is that the Lord gives us that which is most important. The most important is the relationship with our Father, God, who's our father and and we don't have this by our by our wishing and desiring no jesus who is sent to us by the father he who gives us the holy spirit he entrusts the holy spirit to us and it is the holy spirit within us who calls god our father and what, it's not just words but this is what we mean he is our father he is the one he's the most tender of all fathers he is the one who gives us everything that we need he is the one who is who is to be honored by us who is to be to be honored because he the god of all creation the god of all universe he makes us something that we are not by nature or not yes we are creatures but by relationship, by the special grace, we become the sons and daughters of God. We become children of God, and He is our Father. So, Abba, you know, the Catholic Catechism speaks incredibly beautifully upon, upon what does the Father mean. We can invoke God as Father because He is revealed to us by His Son, who became one of us, and became His, and because His Spirit makes Him known to us. The personal relationship of a son to the father is something that man cannot conceive or nor, or nor the angelic powers even dimly see. And yet the spirit of the son grants a participation in that very relationship to us who believe that Jesus is, Christ, is the Christ and that we are born of God. And so when we pray to our father, we are in communion with him and with his son, Jesus Christ. And then we know and recognize him with an ever new sense of wonder because it is only Jesus who tells us who the Father is because we do not know. We do not know God is a spirit. And then so we're not able to come to know him only through Jesus, through his eyes, through his descriptions. When he speaks about this in a very tender way, to he speaks to the Father and he's teaching us how to relate to him. So we can adore the Father because he has caused us to be reborn to his life by adopting us as his children in, in his only son. God indeed, who has predestined us to adoption as his sons, has conformed us to the glorious body of Christ so that you who have become sharers in Christ are appropriately called Christ because we are Christians by grace. We are the new creation. We were born and restored by the power of that love that the Father has, who has given everything to his Son and the Son divinizes us, transforms us through the Holy Spirit. He was Ambrose again a quote from the from the from the uh, catechism of the Catholic Church 2783 O man you did not dare to raise your face to heaven you lowered your eyes to the earth and suddenly you have received the grace of Christ all your sins have been forgiven from being a wicked servant you have become a good good son then raise your eyes to the father who has begotten you through baptism, to the Father who has redeemed you through his Son, and say, Our Father, 
but do not claim any privilege. He is the father in a special way, only of Christ, but he is the common father of us all, because while he has begotten only begotten son, he has created us, then also by his grace, our father, so that you may merit being his son. It's a free gift of adoption that we have. Again, what does it mean, our Father, when we say our Father? We are to be one. You are to be one. Doesn't matter what nationality, doesn't matter what ethnic group, doesn't matter what race, doesn't matter what political affiliation, doesn't matter ultimately whether, you know, someone who, because of war, becomes our, our enemy, all of us, our children of the same God, our Father. So when we turn to God, our Father, in many ways, we're uniting ourselves, overcoming all the divisions, but we know we can't overcome these divisions except with the power of grace of God. Once again, the gift of the Our Father comes to us because God wants us to be united. God wants us to overcome our divisions. You know, forgive as you're forgiven is part of that Our Father. As a matter of fact, it's, it's conditional that, that we receive, which means we can't sustain ourselves without gra with grace, except by, the, by God the Father. And part of being in relationship with God, we are to be like his son, who has taken upon himself all the brokenness, sinfulness of one another. And he wants us to, to know that out of love, out of love and out of, 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 of complete his solidarity with us, he takes upon that cross because he doesn't want us to, to experience the consequences of our own sins. And in, some, in many ways, because he's our father, he's asking us the same, to be like Christ, to also let go, to also forgive, and even carry the burdens for one another. It's part of that prayer of our father because it is the implications of the our father are so enormous the three special petitions that we ask our Father is to be, to honor him. Thy will, our Father who art in heaven, obviously the word in heaven means that we are, we are honoring God in glory because that's where the Lord dwells in his glory. But, but beyond that, we ask him very, very concrete things, not about ourselves, not for ourselves, but to honor him. Thy, so hallowed be thy name is the first. May your name be made holy. May your main, main name be made holy. We want God's name to be made holy, but to make God's name to be holy, we have to live as sons and daughters of God, because if we live as, as people of the world, people who disregard all things, we do not hallow his name, especially for Christians or Catholics. How can a Christian, a Catholic, uh, say the Our Father prayer and not make, make his name to be made holy? If we live according to this world and disregard God's ways, can we still say the Our Father? Because by saying Our Father, hallowed be thy name, May, may your name be made holy in our words, in our actions, by our witness, everything that we do. And so it's very, very hard for us to pray the Our Father without being profoundly, profoundly uh, convicted of who we are, what we do. 
then then the other two dimensions of honoring God is 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 not only that His kingdom come, which means is very uh, eschatological. We're looking forward to His kingdom in that fullness, not only here that has been given to us already in Christ, in the sacraments, in his presence, but also are we awaiting the second coming? So our Father is a prayer that, that speaks of that kingdom because we desire his kingdom and ultimately his kingdom will come when he comes, when he, when he comes you know, during the second coming and restores all things. And then he will present all of us the kingdom to the Father. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, what is God's will? God's will is our salvation. God's will is our happiness, our future glory. That is the Father's will. That's why he sent his son, so that we may be adopted, may be divinized, becoming like his son. So his will is our salvation. Sometimes people, when they pray quickly, they may not even be aware that this is what we're asking for, how happy they should be how delightful they should be that we are asking the Father that, that, he make, that he may make us happy because his will is our salvation. His, his will is our greatest joy for the, for in, 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 not only in this life, but above all in the life to come because that's when fullness of joy is given to us. And of course, the subsequent four petitions which deal with us, give us this day our daily bread, our sustenance, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us in powerful seeking forgiveness, but also on the condition that just as he forgives, we forgive. Do not allow us to be tempted. Lead us not into temptation. Do not allow us to be tempted beyond our ability. But, 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 but forgive, lead us not into temptation, but, um, but uh, but deliver us from evil. We're asking the Lord also to protect us from the evil one, from the effects of evil, from the, from the effects of temptations of the evil one that we do not give in, that we have the strength. What a beautiful prayer that we have in the Our Father. And finally, I just wanted to say briefly, the church remembers today St. Polycarp and the interesting thing about St. Polycarp is that when I was studying a literature, one of the earliest literature which I, was, I had to read was on the life and martyrdom of St. Polycarp, you know, studying in literature because, of the, uh, because of it's available to us and we can learn something about him. Now, St. Polycarp was someone who was a student, was a disciple of St. John, Evang John the Evangelist. So he's a cross between the apostles and that first generation of people who received their gospel from the apostles. So St. Polycarp from Turkey, from uh, Smyrna, or Izmir as today is known, he's the one who not only was a disciple of John, but he also knew the disciples. You know, those, those who, who uh, receive you know, the, 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 the gift from God to be Jesus' followers. Now, so St. John was his uh, mentor, his spiritual guide. He was the one who taught Polycarp how to pray. And St. Polycarp gave witness to what John was about, who he was, and what did he do, and how he lived his life. Not only that, but St. Polycarp 
who died as a martyr, but at the age of 86, he was also the, the teacher and guide of St. Irenaeus. And so we see right from, from, from Polycarp is like a bridge between knowing the Apostle John, being his student, and then he gives the gift of his faith and knowledge and theology to St. Irenaeus. And Irenaeus, if you look, incredible writer, incredible witness, uh, early apologist for the faith, uh, you, know, uh, you know, especially, especially a great teacher against heresies. We know what, what happened. So St. Polycrop, if you ever have something in the interest, go and take a look and who St. Polycarp was a fascinating person, a witness to Christ. And then at the end of his life, when he was 86 years old, proconsul asked him to, you know, he wanted to, to have him deny his faith because he was so powerful. He's so effective in, in a community. He was someone who was able to assist the generations of Christians during those difficult times of persecution. So the proconsul wanted to make sure that he is eliminated. So, so he wanted to um, burn him at the stake. And, and obviously the pyre was prepared. And of course, Polycarp said, no, for 86 years of my life, I proclaim the one who is my king is my Lord. He's the one. I am willing to give up my life. I'm willing to offer everything. And as a public witness, to him who has been so much, who has given me so much, who loves me so much. And, and so he says, I'm not afraid to offer my life because my life belongs to him and he will give me the life that, 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 that will last forever for all eternity. And so, so what happened to him is that he was to be burned uh, uh, in this pyre, uh, burned at stake. And so the fire is there but the fire goes around him and doesn't touch him. Of course, powerful witness of God's love, God's grace around him. So he had to be put to death by a sword. But uh, we, we look at what, what God gives us in his son. He gives us the gift of adoption. And as we pray the Our Father prayer, he gives us the gift of divinizing love. He gives us himself. So by receiving him in the Eucharist, by praying the prayer of our Father, by staying in communion with the Father through Jesus and in his name, through the Holy Spirit, we become the new creation. Yes, we're still sinners. And yet within our hearts already, the seed of God's word has taken root and is developing and slowly transforming and growing bigger and bigger until it produces the extraordinary fruit, the fruit of our love, the fruit of the love of God. This is what God gives us. It's so hard for us sometimes to believe that this is what God has given us. He's so generous and, and we receive him through the prayer of our Father. As you know, it's a powerful prayer of exorcism. The our Father is being the greatest, one of the greatest prayers we have because Jesus taught us. But then not only did he gives, gives us the words, and that a dynamic word of the Our Father, where we become as we pray, but he makes sure that we are united with him through this Eucharist. He gives us his body and blood. That's why, even though I know we are celebrating this Eucharist and we receive spiritually, you know, the gifts that God gives us, but ultimately there's no substitution for the real 
reception of the Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. That's why when this pandemic is over, yes, we'll continue to celebrate in a spiritual way because sometimes people are not able to go to daily mass. And so at least they can receive spiritually, they can be nourished by the teachings and guidance of the scripture. But ultimately, you know, God is giving himself in the Eucharist and through the Eucharistic celebration of the mass in person. So may I then today, as we continue with the sacred liturgy, ask the Lord that all of us may come to know him more beautifully, more powerfully through his word, especially that we may be men and women of prayer. When we pray, dear our Father, that we be really, really attentive to his word. You know, that whenever we say that we will be aware of what God wants us to do, he wants us to be, how he wants to develop a relationship with him as a father to us, and that we, through Christ, may become his new creation, destined for glory and, and joys of eternal life. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.